are listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. Hey, uh, Michelle, uh, I'm not going to be able to pay July's training bill on time. Is that okay? What? Brandon Jaggers. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough it's been a rough month. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm kind of short on cash. Is there is there any way you could give me like maybe sixty to ninety days to get caught up? Cece, for real? Oh my goodness, I'm so tired of y'all's BS. And me, Cece brought us. Hello, Michelle. Hello. She hung up. The auxiliary gate. Big problem. Hello and welcome to episode number 115 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm C.C. Broadus and I'm joined this evening, as always, by Alan Schneider. As always, what's up, my man? Uh, first of all, we want to say that uh, the uh, the opening with uh, our friend Michelle, that was completely, uh, what's the word, farcical? Far, that was a farce. Like I'm fra- I've been watching a lot more of Fraser of late. They do a lot of farce. And that was, uh, that was our little uh, tried farce. Yeah, obviously, I would never be late on any bill. No. And Michelle would never cuss us. <laughs> or you. Well, that's that remains to be seen. But. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get into it right away. I, I've got a uh, a question for you uh, oh, right boy. off the bat. Um, Yay. Uh, so, you know what Mount Rushmore is, right? I've heard of it, yes. It's, okay. yes. All right, I want you to give me... The Mount Rushmore of female vocalists. Oh, I thought you were going to. Okay, female vocalist. Yes. Okay, are we talking about the music that I like the most, who I think are the best singers? The the, fem- the best. The best. The Mount Rushmore is the, yeah, the, the best. The best. Okay, female singers. I, I may forget some because I'm doing this all the time in my head, but I'm going to say Ann Wilson of Heart, Patsy Cline. Oh boy, I know there's other uh, females that I like. Um, ooh, duh, I don't want to say Dolly Parton. It's a little too easy. I don't want to say her. Oh man, you put me on the spot. Uh, can I look at my Spotify real quick? <laughs> no, you got to do this off the top of your head. That's okay. Ann Wilson, Patsy Cline. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw in Dolly Parton. And how about Annie Lennox for the Arrhythmics? She's really good. Wow, well, that is a lame list. I know. I'm. I'm. You, you, you. See, you left. All right. So for me, I think it's Mariah Carey. Yeah. I know. She, I'm not. I mean, I'm not fond of her, but yeah, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston. I mean, they can sing. Yeah. Uh, Linda Ronstadt. Yes or no? I I, 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 I would a, say no. I mean, back in the seventies, I mean, she was. She was fine, <laughs> but I did, uh, I did a deep dive on Linda Ronstadt, and I thought I, I was impressed. I'd hey, never hey, really it's considered a family it. show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yada yada. And then yeah, then then the rest it's like a dead heat between probably Dolly and and Patsy Cline, right? I I left off. I, I was Celine Dion was over bet. Over think, bet. I'm not sure she can go the distance, and then like Lady Gaga does nothing for me. Right. Yeah. 
I, you know, I love country music. I'm trying to think of some some really good old countries. Shelly West was pretty good. Barbara Mandrell. Oh, now talking about somebody who was fine back in the day, but uh, yeah, and, uh, you remember she had a show on. She her and her sisters had a show on back in the day. Do you know that? I do. I do. I am that old. Yeah, oh, that, that's true. You are. I know I'm forgetting somebody, but uh, I guess Lance Morissette was okay, right? I guess. Yeah, she. I mean, she's all right, but she's not Mount Rushmore. No, Ann Wilson. I would have to put Ann Wilson and Patsy Cline at the top. I will tell you that. What about Diana Ross? Eh, not really my thing. Nah, I, mean, I, I respect her career and stuff. Aretha was fine. But uh, there's yeah. somebody obvious I'm forgetting. Gladys Knight? Eh. Janis Joplin? Eh. eh. She's fine. Eh. I don't know. Something to think about. We'll re- we'll rejoin that topic somewhere down the line. Lita Ford? Come on, man. <laughs> Back serious. in the day, man. Back in Be the serious. day. <sighs> anyway, go ahead. All right, so let's get uh, let's get down to brass tacks. Big weekend coming up. Uh, we got the Whitney handicap on Saturday. You got Life Is Good and Olympiad and uh, a few others. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie. That's gonna be a great race. Uh, you got a big weekend coming up at Ellis Park. Uh, they've got the the Cowboy Jones overnight handicap on Saturday. They drew a big field. That's a good, that's a good, good race right that's there. A good really, that's a super good race. And then uh, it's not been drawn yet as of recording, but uh, big, big uh, uh, Sunday of turf racing at Ellis. A lot of hundred thousand dollar stakes races. Uh, I will be there. Hopefully you can be there as well. I'm I'm planning to spend the weekend in Henderson. I think I'll go. I think I'll go. Yeah. So yeah, got to make that annual pilgrimage pilgrimage to uh, to the pea patch. Uh, oh, and Pat Benatar. I forgot Pat Benatar. Let me throw her up there. Wow. Uh, you know what? I'm not real familiar with her work, to be honest. I I just know the name. Hit me with Pat Benatar. Hit, hit, hit me with. I know I know who she is. Hit me with hit your me best, with best shot. shot. Love is a benefit, which I don't like that song, but Invincible. Yeah, yeah. See, Heartbreaker, Shadows of the Night, one of the greatest songs of all time. Oh, what about uh, the 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 gal from uh, Susanna Hoffs? Oh yes, yes I. Ah, Voice of an Angel. Voice of Voice an Angel. Of, yes. Yeah, and I tell you what, I talk about this all the time. She's 62 years old, and she looks like she's 30. She looks amazing, and yeah. her career is underrated. Her career is completely. The Bengals hold up well over time. They they did some good stuff. She's actually right. one t- hell of a talented musician, and yeah. married to the guy who did Austin Powers, Austin Powers movies. So, can we go back to horse racing? So yeah, if you're still with us, <laughs> um, we'd like to. Uh, yeah, well, well, let's talk. Let's talk about the three year old picture real quick. We got a Travers Stakes in about what three three or four weeks end of end of August, and. All the major prep races, for the most part, have been run. I know the the West Virginia Derby is this weekend as well at Mountaineer. They've got a good card. But, uh, you know, between horses like Epicenter, who won the Jim Dandy over the weekend, you've got Charge It that won the Dwyer by 5,000 links. And you've got uh, the winner of the Haskell was uh, Cyberknife. Uh, no Taba. No I think the Baffert's banned from New York, so we don't have Taba. Uh, who's the best of that bunch? Who 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 strikes your best? fancy? Well, you know what? I know Epicenter finally redeemed himself, whatever, a little bit. Epicenter was much the best in the Jim Dandy. I know people probably cussed Rosario when he took back or whatever, but he went by those horses like uh, nothing. I'm going to take a slightly different approach here. 
if you're asking me on who I like on Travers Day, I'm going to surprise you a little bit in that episode is going to get a lot of love, and rightfully so. Uh, but this game's about finding prices and stuff, and I think Epicenter's going to get bet on Travers Day. You know who people are going to forget about? It's Zandon. And, oh, the yeah. reason I, and the only reason I say that is, yes, Epicenter beat Zandon barely, no question. It might be a better horse than Zandon. I, I don't, you know, he's beat him twice now. But Zandon, because Zandon may have viewed that race as a prep. He was closer to the pace than I think he probably wanted to be. Am I making a bold proclamation that Zandon's going to win the Travers? No, but I think he might be forgotten about. And if that race was a prep, which is what the Jim Danny is supposed to be as a prep for the Travers, right? If they're just trying to get a tightener in a horse, maybe that's why he was closer to the pace. He goes back to his old running style. You might be able to get a, a price on Chad Brown on Zandon on Travers Day at 6, 7 to 1 because people are going to forget about that and dismiss him because Epicenter is going to take all the money. I'm just looking at it from a price standpoint at the at the moment. But, you know, Epicenter makes a pretty strong point, at the, a strong case at this point for, for best three-year-old. Yeah, I'd like to see Zand and maybe just do like they did in the bluegrass, just drop him back to last. Right, that's my run. point. Yeah, and that's my point. We'd be remiss if, to, if we forgot about uh, Rich Strike. The Kentucky Derby winner is supposed to be working up to the to the, to the Travers. I kind of wish they would uh, they've gotten a prep into him for that. Yeah, I do but, too. But uh, he's – He's going straight in, or at least go to the West Virginia Derby or something like that. But he's going to go straight into the Travers. I don't blame him at a mile and a quarter. I understand it. I mean, you know, he's proven that's that's his jam. So if you're going to try it, he's going to need pace. He's going to need pace to win that race. But yeah, maybe he's a maybe he's a 12 furlong specialist. Right, right. No, that should be interesting. That's for sure. Um, uh, looking forward to that. Arlington Millions next Saturday at Churchill. I have to work, but um, oh man. I know Smooth Like Straight is going to be there. Uh, like, can I go and bed in the place right now? That was our first tout on this podcast. Uh, first, two, yeah. Two years ago. We don't ago. do many touting, but we, were, we, we started off hot. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went downhill from there. But, uh, anything else on your mind before we get to our – we have two guests. Two great on. ones. Because we, yeah. we're thrilled with these two. You know, well, you know one of them, but the other one is, is great, too. We're going to get to him here in just a second. Yep, and uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think he's on the line right now. So, uh, Alan, I'll uh, I'll introduce our first guest. Our guest this evening is a Kentucky native and a graduate of the University of Louisville. He most recently served as Keeneland's vice president and chief operating officer. He is now the interim director of racing at Ellis Park, stepping into the giant shoes left behind by Jeff Hall, who passed away earlier this spring. Looking at his resume, our guest appears to be involved in many community enriching endeavors not the least of which is involvement with trying to be, uh, bring a professional soccer team to Lexington as he is the president of the Lexington Sporting Club. Vince Gabbert joins us. Vince, how you doing? I'm doing great, CC. Thanks so much for having me on. So right off the bat, can you explain what a director of racing does uh, in relation to, like, how is it different from a position like a racing secretary? Yeah, so it's, you know, first of all, you're right, the the – the gap and the hole and the, the shoes to fill with Jeff Hall are, um, you, you can't do it, first of all. Um, so you know, the, the, the amount of pride and history that he had at the place is unbelievable. And, and it's evident when you walk around talking with the staff, you know, I, I would, I would characterize the position as, as a little bit more operational in nature. Um, and some, at some, some levels more relational. Um, 
I've been trying to spend a lot of time keeping the racing commission um, informed of a lot of the work and the, the improvements and the job that the folks at Ellis are doing. Uh, I work closely with the racing office staff. Dan Bork's one of the best racing secretaries in the, in the States um, and does a great job. Uh, but I spent a lot of time with the horsemen, spent a lot of time, you know, kind of being essentially being li- liaison between the horsemen and the racing office and the management team and uh, just trying to make sure that we're taking advantage of those those opportunities. Um, I spent a lot of time in the tote room making sure that we're not running on top of Saratoga or they're not running mm-hmm. on top of us and just making sure that we're being smart about the post time schedule and um, how those things are working. And, and just like, you know, um, a few weeks ago when we had to adjust because of the heat, just making sure that all the pieces are in place and um, answering any questions for the commission or anybody else that may pop up. Okay. So can you explain like a, maybe give a, an example of what, what a horseman would come to you for? Like what would they ask you about or, or complain to you about? Yeah. You know, it's, it's generally, it is more the operational pieces. Uh, you know, if they've got an issue in their barn, um, the electric's out or, um, you know, another great example, I've spent a lot of time, uh, working with the jocks just cause I've got good relationships with the, with the clerk of scales and the guys that works in the jocks room. Um, we had a washer and dryer that went out opening weekend and, um, they called me and figured out, you know, how do we get it replaced? Uh, so it's a lot of little stuff and you just, you never really know, but, but it is more operational and, you know, if somebody's got an issue at the barn or if they're, you know, making sure that security's checking on things when they need to, uh, so just a little bit of everything and, and luckily it, you know, keeps things from getting boring and you get to do some fun stuff and you get to meet people that you otherwise wouldn't have any relationship with. So, okay. I got you now. So th- this, it's like an operational kind of thing. You're, you're operating the, the facility in a way. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, the, the team at Ellis has worked just absolutely tirelessly getting ready for the meet. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful facility, but it's old. And it's got its issues. Yeah. Um, and you got a lot of folks that have, um, at least on the management side, uh, may not have as much racing experience, um, or working at racetracks. And so, you know, there, I know every place that thinks they're nuanced and different, but the, but the racetrack's a different world. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a city in and of itself. Uh, you know, you're housing people there on the backside and dormitories. You've got, you got all the animal issues and you got muck, you got water, you got everything that you can think of, you got to deal with. And it just, it, it comes with its own unique set of challenges. And uh, if you haven't been around a lot of racetracks, then there's a learning curve to that. And it's, I think hopefully I'm trying to help bridge some of that gap between the folks that, that are very talented and, and know exactly what they need to be doing, but helping them understand how it fits within a racing atmosphere. So is this some uh, similar position to what you had Keeneland? It is a little bit. I, the, my position in Keeneland was probably a little bit more in depth and, um, you know, I, I worked a lot more on the joint ventures and the different projects that we had at Keeneland, our joint venture with Red Mile, the joint venture uh, initially with Churchill at Oak Grove and, uh, then the joint venture with Kentucky Downs. And I, I dealt a lot with our, um, does a lot with our legislative issues. So I, my, my role at Keeneland was probably a lot broader. Um, than what it is um, at Ellis, uh, but but definitely that that spot was great training for just being able to address those issues and and understand the language and just knowing you know when somebody calls and asks you and they they're talking about the wash rack you know not not everybody knows what a wash wash rack is so uh, just understanding you know ship ins and uh, just all the nuances that are that are there with the racetrack. 
can you give us a sense? I mean, there's a lot of barns back there on the back stretch. How many of those barns are filled and how many people live in the barns and are in the, in the dorms and whatnot? What, how many people are back there? And whatnot? Yeah, quite a few actually. Um, the, besides the ones that are shipping in about 630 horses on the backside, um, right now. So it's pretty full. Um, the, the receiving barn has turned out really good and the improvements that they've made at the track level have been really good. Um, so, you know, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing 30 to 45 shippers a day, uh, that are coming in from Churchill or Keeneland, uh, depending on the card and, and what all's going on. Uh, but there's, you know, there's also 60 dorm rooms back there with folks that are, um, that are living and working back there and, and, you know, make sure that they have all the things that they need to, to live and, and prosper and, and do a good job for the trainers that you're working for. So are you tasked with, uh, recruiting, uh, outfits to come race at Ellis, like trainers and, and, uh, uh, or barns in general. Is that your job or is that more of a job for the racing secretary? Yeah, that's more for the racing secretary. Dan does a really good job of, uh, making sure that, you know, once he puts out the condition book and, and putting in plenty of alternates, um, in the book so that if he knows that, you know, we're very fortunate down there as well to, to have the, talent of trainers that we do i mean you know asmussen and cox and maker and john hancock and you know everybody's got a string down there um and and essentially keep their staff there full time during the meet and so you know it's the same horses that had run to keeneland and churchill and um so it's you know there's 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 some real talent on that backside uh both in in trainer and, and jockey but also with the horses themselves uh but that that recruitment and making sure that you know, placement of races and those sorts of things are much more on Dan as a racing secretary than it is me. I got you. So, uh, Ellis Park is beloved by this podcast. If, if our listeners know this by now, uh, we uh, extol its virtues many times. Uh, it's, Alan calls it a, a je ne sais quoi. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what that means. I think that's, it's an compliment, like, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's something that, something they say in Indiana, maybe, but, uh, uh, from your point of view, what have you noticed anything special about what they call the pea patch? Anything that stands out to you? Like you know, this place actually is kind of special. It is. I tell you what, it, it took about ten minutes for me to just absolutely fall in love with the place. And as a racing fan and as a horse player, I've always enjoyed Ellis. I you know to attend, but I, I can tell you, spending time there and working with the people, the staff is loves the place. And um, I don't know that I've ever as many tracks as I've been around and had the opportunity to go see, I don't know that I've ever seen a more loyal crowd and fan mm-hmm. base yes. than existed Ellis. I mean, you know, there, there's, there's a hundred, there's a hundred folks there every morning at 10 o'clock staking out their spot and handicapping between there and Saratoga and Del Mar. And it, it is, it's a special spot. I mean, it is, um, you know, for all of its all of its age, it's got a lot of character. Uh, the facility, the the track itself, the surfaces are top notch. Uh, Javier Barajas, the track superintendent, does a great job maintaining both of both the surfaces. Um, it's it, it is. I mean, Alan's right. It's it's a it's a special little spot, and I think <clears throat> extremely underrated um, in most people's eyes. And uh, I think you know some of the things that we've done this time, just you know, just little stuff. It's it's hopefully elevated it from a product standpoint, and you know, the wagering's been great, our handle's been good, the payouts have been phenomenal, mm-hmm. um, and and it's a tough little track to handicap. I mean, it's you know Saratoga is for me sometimes impossible, 
but Ellis has got some days out there that it's a it's a tough track to handicap. Yeah, I agree with that. As my uh, my wallet shows, uh, <laughs> I'm ahead this meet so far. Oh, <laughs> uh, so Vince, uh, there's a couple changes coming to the uh, facility. I think coming soon, maybe the next few years. Uh, if you could elaborate on that. I know they're going to try to widen the turf course and and maybe add uh, add lights, maybe night racing. Yeah, so the so they're working on the lights, the 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 stanchions, and pretty much everything. The infrastructure is ready for them. Uh, we just gotta gotta put the poles and the and the actual lights up, uh, which would which would make for some unique opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. And then the widening of the turf course. That turf course is great, and you know the the the, the, the challenge and and one of the reasons to widen it is to give you that extra lane. You know the challenge with any with any track that has a lot of turf racing. You know, we could fill we could fill nine turf races a day, mm-hmm. uh, just where we are. You know, within the sport right now, and and so to have that extra lane and to be able to you know potentially card a few more turf races or to be able to run if it's yielding versus uh, versus good uh, and to be able to utilize that turf track is is really important. Not only from a just from a business standpoint, but also from the horseman standpoint. They they you know they they want to key their horses for starts and. Um, it's a great place to do it. I mean, there's some really, really talented two-year-olds on that backside right now. So, the way I understand it, to widen the turf course, they're going to have you're going to build an infield lake. It, does that mean that the, uh, the the soybeans are going to go away forever, or, is, or that's going to take up quite a bit of the infield, right? It, it will take up quite a bit. I don't think I think that there's still going to be a way uh, as they're working through some of the pieces and parts, uh, still be a way to save uh, a, a large portion of it. Uh, but it will, it will, it will change the look of that infield greatly. Right. So yeah, for those that don't know, uh, the Chris Ellis Park's nickname is the pea patch. And the reason for that is they, they grow soybeans in the infield. So the soybeans, you know, they're, they they got the little pods with the, with the little beans in them or, or peas, so to speak. So, but, uh, that's how they earned that nickname. Uh, Vince ahead this coming weekend, we got a big uh, weekend of stakes racing, turf racing. And then after that, uh, the following weekend, uh, we'll get the Ellis Park Derby and the Groupie Doll Stakes. Uh, uh, tell us more about uh, the coming two weekends. Well, I'll, I'll be there, uh, in fact, uh, this weekend. So okay. looking forward Great. to that. Yeah, this this weekend, the cards this weekend turned out really good. And, mm-hmm. yes. um, you know, we were honestly, you know, Dan, Dan and I were a little bit concerned, you know, as horses were, you know, making their first start or second start at Ellis. And it might be hard to fill the next two weekends, people waiting to come back at, at Kentucky Downs. But this weekend's card is really good. There's some, there's some good stakes. We got the, you know, the Cowboy Jones is this weekend. And then Ellis Park Derby, I think will, will end up being a really nice race. Um, running it a mile this time. Uh, so I think it'll end up being a, a little bit bigger field uh, than the mile and the eighth, uh, for the three year olds. So it should, should shape up really well. And, um, coming off the weekend, uh, Churchill's hosting the, the old Arlington Million Day on the 13th on that Saturday. Uh, so, so we're, we're excited. I, I think that the next two weekends, uh, assuming the weather holds out and everything goes good there, that, that direction, uh, should be some great racing. The, the, the racing has been so competitive. I mean, we had, I think we had three photo finishes on Sunday. We had one race, we had one race where we were four across, uh, at the finish line on Saturday. Uh, so the racing has been, on on dirt and turf has been extremely extremely uh competitive and and we've got a we've got a pick five carryover on friday so we've got almost fourteen thousand dollars uh seeding the pick five pool uh on friday for the for the late pick five yeah i am well aware of that so 
And it's tough. That's a tough sequence. I looked yeah. at it. Well, it is, but I think I've got some singles. So I think uh, I'm going to take a stab at it. All right. Well, uh, I, can't, I can't wait till your picks come out, TC. I, I'm going oh, to be watching you. Oh, it's done. <laughs> it's done already. So I don't, I don't know if it's up yet, but it's it'll be coming soon. So uh, I, I've got a couple more questions. I'm going to turn it over to Alan real quick, and then uh, he can he can swing it back to me when he's done. Sure. Before I, yeah, before I get into a, a couple of things here, uh, Vince, I, I got to wonder, I, it probably – as much as you love Ellison, you can really feel that, that you become enamored with Ellison in a short time. But it does get a little hotter there wearing, a, a say, a three-piece suit to Ellis Park in August than it does, say, Keeneland in, in October, right? Well, I, I can tell you that my dress code has changed dramatically. I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part so, of the allure. You know it's going to be hot there and stuff, but it's uh, – you know, you just gotta it's gotta trade in that three piece suit for cargo shorts at Ellis, right? It's it's great. I you know, it's nice to wear my polo shirt and my ball cap and and uh you know, in some ways be one of the crowd. Uh but it's it's there's always nice little breeze. Even when it's hot, there's a good little breeze blowing, but it it is a it is a cool little place. It really is. We have we again he is he's mentioned all the time that we have extolled the virtues of the place. I mean, we love all the Kentucky tracks. We make no bones about that. Um and it, it's it is apparent, and we want to make sure we touch on this. It is apparent the work you guys have done this meet. It's I know everybody goes goes gaga over Saratoga and stuff, and they should. But I'm telling you, Ellis is the sleeper meet of of the country right now. Uh, the, the racing is competitive. There's plenty of turf racing. The jockey colony is badass, right? Yeah. Uh, the, you mentioned a moment ago the trainer that people are saying the trainers and the horses there. Ken McPeak uh, is there as well, too, right? And yeah. he always does extremely well. So you guys have done a great job. And I tell you where it really comes up, your social media team. I don't know if that's part, partly you're doing it or whoever is involved that is doing a phenomenal job. Well, but it, Ellis went from doing really being kind of non-existent, like a lot of racetracks are in the social media scene. And they are – they're hitting out of your, – your social media team is hitting out of the park. Yeah, they're doing it. They're, Alex Clefani, uh directs the marketing and, and social media group, and they've done a really good job. And, and you know, the, when we were getting ready for the meet, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, let's 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 really kind of focus the communication just from a horse player standpoint. And you know, there's the the, the pictures are great, and and Cody does a great job. Megan mm-hmm. Devine's doing a great job on her handicap, and she's hot as a match right now, handicapping wise and giving out giving out horses in the paddock. Um, but you know, the Allie and her team have done a really good job of really focusing on the horse player side and, and, you know, updates and scratches and changes and, you know, the information you need to get your day going. And it's, it's just kind of the blocking and tackling. They're doing a really good job with it. And, you know, we're at a, one of the great things we are, we're at a really special time, um, for racing in Kentucky. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned all the tracks are special and they are. I mean, Keeneland is, is as phenomenal a place as you'll ever be. Churchill, the racing has gotten so much better with the purses. You know, Turfway is going through their rebuild. Kentucky Downs is a absolute all-star meet right now. And so it's, it's really, you know, it's really fun to see and to work in and to be around and, and see some of these stars that are coming around. You got, you know, Breeders' Cup coming back to Keeneland this fall and, and things like that. So it's a, it's a really special time on the Kentucky circuit, uh, for these folks that are, that are able to stable here year round and make a good living and, and, you know, turn a profit with a horse that, that isn't always easy to do. I agree. I agree. And you said that you've been to Ellis several times in the past. Uh, so you've been there before your gig this meet. You've spent time at Ellis in the past, right? 
Yeah. As yeah. just a fan, a, a horse player. Yep. Okay. So it, you see the potential. So now that you're there working, you, you see the potential there. Do you oh see that? Gosh. Yeah. That it's, it's an, we know it's an important mainstay in that community up there. Right. And it's, it's an important mainstay for the, for the Kentucky circuit to stay continuous. Right. Oh, so it's uh, do you feel the commitments there long-term up at Ellis? I, I, I do. I do. I think that they, I, I think they understand it. I know that I know the staff understands it. And as the, as the ownership group um, spends more time in the state and at the facility, uh, I think that's absolutely the case. And, you know, the, you, know, you talk about the community piece of it, I, I just a quick, quick aside. So I, I grew up, we, we raced quarters when I was growing up. Oh, really? So we'd, so we'd actually come down to the old Riverside Downs when it was still functioning and race quarters, Uh-oh. uh, over at Riverside. And so, so the, the, the community and just that atmosphere and, uh, the things that go on down there, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, I was describing to a friend of mine the other day, it's, you know, it's, it's a little country fair festival meet. And I think that, you know, as as horse players and and you see the community uh, gravitate towards that. I mean, a crowd this past Sunday, we had a great crowd. There's probably five thousand people there on Sunday, and just a good crowd. Everybody coming out having fun and just enjoying themselves. And you can get so up close and personal with the horses there, which you 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 can't always do that at, at every track. Um, and the ability to be right there on the rail of, of the paddock and watch them do the post parade and just the, the ability to be where you are and and to have that atmosphere is pretty special. Um, yeah, it's, it, it really, it's just, I don't know how to put it in words. It, it's really come across this meet. If I had it, you know, there's one question I do have to ask was about that camera work early in a card. Sometimes that camera's <laughs> got a little seizure thing going on yeah. and it seems like it only happens. And it's, it happens early in a car that it's not a problem. Uh, the rest, the rest of the day, and it doesn't do it all the time. Do we, it, more than anything, do we know why that happens? Well, uh, it, we do. And I, I have, I've spent more time in the video room than I care to, uh, <laughs> this, this meet. Um, it has, it has, like a lot of staffing issues, it has been a struggle with our, we have a third party provider that does our broadcast for us. And, oh. uh, it has been a struggle, uh, for them to find staff of folks that know how to operate a camera. Um, and so when I, when I talk about treating it as a horse player, um, we, we've literally, uh, I'll, I'll go back and make notes, you know, at the end of the day, or as I'm watching the simulcast signal, I'll, I'll jot down things. So they understand, you know, when you, when you put up entries, you want to be able to show the scratches. So, you know, we were able to change the, the company was able to change that and, and update the graphics and, um, you know, just, you know, panning out so you can see where your horse is located since we only do the first four and, not, and don't have the chicklets uh, for practice. Right. Then, you know, I was like, you know, it's important, you know, don't, don't go too tight on the, just the lead horse. You know, you want to be able to see where everybody's at, you know. And, and so we've, we've tried to make minor adjustments and, and just kind of talking to them so they understand from a, from a betters and from a viewing perspective what people want to see. And these folks don't do it. They don't have a ton of experience in horse racing. They have a couple of the tracks they work at. Uh, and don't have a ton of experience, so it's been. It, they're they're getting there. It's 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 not been without its challenges. Um, but but trying to trying to help that. But but the camera issue is a lot of times a personnel issue of just you know somebody's brand new or they just shipped gotcha. in from Kansas City and and this is the first time they've held that camera up up on the roof and and trying to figure out how to balance it. Well, I can assure you the staffing problems are everywhere in every facet of every business, as everybody knows right now. So I, I can completely understand that. You know, before you came on the air, we were wondering, is Vince just like a, a corporate suit type guy or is he someone who really understands the game? Okay. Someone who, and now that we've talked to you, 
you really know what you're talking about from, from a from a racing perspective, from a fan perspective, from a horseman perspective. Uh, you're, it sounds to me like you're pretty hands on, and you've really improved the product. You can take a bow right now. Well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give myself that much credit. I I am first and foremost I am a fan. I as my my kids will tell you, my wife will tell you. Um, I, I on the weekends when we're sitting around. Um, horse racing either tvg or fox sports or something uh is always on in the background or or front and center so i i am a fan and have been really all my life uh, like i said you know racing quarters down at riverside and we go down to paducah a little place called pit run park up in illinois uh it was a wow. converted, so, it was a converted soybean patch uh we go up there and race our quarters um but it was um i have i have always been a fan of racing and uh i am a horse player i love to i love to bet on them um i love to handicap them and and uh you know i, I think I, I hope in the in the stuff that i do it comes across as as genuine and and sincere because it is um you know if i've got a place if i've got a chance to travel or go somewhere i'd I just didn't go to Del Mar as I would anywhere else, um, just because of the, the atmosphere and the way I love that track as well. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate the compliments, but the team has worked really hard. And they're, like I said, the, the staff down there is, is so sincere about wanting to do the right thing. So it's, it's easy, um, really to be down there just because, you know, you can converse with them and talk through stuff and, the great, the other great thing about Ellis is you can try anything. If you, if you screw it up, you know, people are going to forget about it in 10 minutes and you try something, you go back to Good the way point. it was or you try something, <laughs> you try something new. I mean, we, you know, the, the just like, a, you know, like the post times, you know, going early the other day, you know, we, on that Sunday, we end up having a huge handle day and the biggest pick five pool that we've had all meet was on that really? Sunday. We went on that Sunday, we went with the early car. And so it just, you know, it's worth it to try different stuff. And, you know, you guys mentioned the lights and, you know, the ability to do some things that, you know, even, uh, you know, talking about, we've had some very, very preliminary discussions with, you know, kind of mimicking some of the stuff that, um, Horseshoe Indiana has been doing with mixing the quarters in, um, you know, could you tie in a couple quarter races at the end, of, you know, every other weekend or something at the end of a, of a thoroughbred huh. night. And just to, just to give, just to give the community something else to gravitate to and, and and think about so you know there's that's the great thing about the place is it it could be a real incubator for some really cool stuff within the sport and uh you know the fan base is extremely forgiving uh if you if it doesn't work and uh they're extremely loyal so if it does work they're going to stick with it and 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 crow about it i'm sold i'm sold before i send you back to cc though vince uh get away from the business aspect for a little bit just as a fan as, as a horse player as you said you are is there a horse, a trainer, a jockey throughout your currently or throughout your life that that uh, is a favorite of yours and a special fondness for? Yeah, I, really on the jockey side, I I am a I am a just tried and true Julian Lepery fan. Um, Julian, Julian, I, I love him. I love seeing him have some success up at Saratoga this time. I wish he was at Ellis. Um, but ever since Julian was, was really kind of hitting his peak when I started Keeneland and, mm-hmm. um, he, he was always gracious to my kids when, when I would have them there. And, and I'm, I'm just a, I'm a huge, huge Julian fan as a person and as a jockey and as an athlete. Um, but you know, there's, it's, that's the great thing about our sport is there's so many, I mean, there's just, just so many cool personalities and, and, and fun people. Um, you know, Nick, Nick Zito from a personal standpoint is probably my favorite trainer. Nick, when I first started working at Keeneland, Nick was one of the first guys to talk to me. And, um, he's, you know, it, it, Nick was, you know, Nick was still doing really well, 
um, when I started there back in, in 2009 and, and Nick didn't have any reason to care who I was or what I did or my name or anything else. And it, you know, I, I met, I met him my, my first day there and Nick never failed to not call me by name every time he saw me. And, really? um, and so just from a personal standpoint, Nick's, uh, he's just one of those guys, he's a hard knocker and, and he loves to, he loves to gamble and loves to train and loves what he does. So, those are probably, you know, just from a personal standpoint, um, I've got a lot, you know, uh, there's a lot of angles I love to play depending on the condition of the race and, and those sorts of things. But those, those two guys from a personal standpoint really stand out for me. Excellent choices. No question about it. CC. Yeah, I've got uh, two questions, but first I have a comment to Vince. Uh, Riverside, Riverside Downs is haunted. I just want you to know that. <laughs> he says that all the time. Jason Barkley, Jason Barkley tried to deny it last week. But uh, I have proof I was there, and I wasn't there long. So, uh, but back to business here. Now, I understand that you are the president of the Lexington Sporting Club, and you're trying to bring uh, professional soccer to Lexington. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been an exciting transition, and, and it's um, we we made the announcement last October, um, and. We've as as we've transitioned to more, if we actually combine two of the main youth clubs here in Lexington, so we've got almost 1,400 kids in our youth club uh, that start start games next week, um, and then our men's team, uh, first our, our first team professional team, will actually start play uh, next spring. So we we're, we've been running fast and furious to to try to get facilities up and running and and do all the things we need to. But it's been a it's been a really fun project to be a part of. So I don't know a whole lot about soccer, but uh, th- this team that's in Lexington next year is a USL team. How is that? I know Louisville's got a team, uh, uh, racing, racing Louisville or, or something like that. How, what, what, how is that, uh, as far as I know MSL is the, is the top. That's like the NFL or NBA. Yeah. What, where, where would the USL fit in on that hierarchy? So, so the USL has divisions within itself. So MLS, of course, is the top. Uh, but then the USL has a championship division, which Louisville is a part of. So Louisville, Indianapolis, um, Omaha, those are the teams um, in the championship division, a few of the teams. And then we'll be in what we call League One. Uh, so we'll be just, just one notch below that at least to start. Uh, but the teams that we'll be playing against are Chattanooga, Richmond, Virginia, uh, Tucson, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Knoxville. Uh, so we'll, we'll have some really good rivalries, really good college towns. When you, you when you kind of look at the landscape, um, the, the league one teams are really, really cool college towns. Uh, Greenville, South Carolina, uh, is another one. Um, so that, that landscape and the, the rivalries and the competitiveness within it, um, is, is pretty strong and, and we're looking forward to being a part of it. Any chance you would play Louisville? At some point, we hope so. Yeah, we if we if we don't do it in direct competition, we'll do it in friendlies. Um, and and I, I I too am learning the soccer lingo, so I, I don't know anything about soccer. Uh, was fortunate, and our our principal owner is Bill Shively that owns Dixieana Farms. Um, so that oh, was wow. that that was how I got tied into it. Is Bill and I, uh, Bill and I worked together through my role at Keeneland and got to know each other fairly well through that. Um, and then he decided to to um to put the franchise in Lexington uh, and asked me to come help be a part of it. And um, so Bill, Bill's another one of these guys that just absolutely loves the sports, extremely invested in racing. Um, he's got, got several horses with Kenny McPeak, several with Brendan Walsh, uh, a couple with Cherie DeVoe. Um, so he's, 
you know, he's really invested in the sport and, and, and really horse from, from everything I'm learning on the soccer side, horse racing is a good, um, is, is a good intro into soccer because if you're patient enough to be, uh, to be in the horse racing game, then, then soccer's, uh, is a pretty easy sport to get into. Well, that's outstanding. Looking forward to, to, to more, more news on that coming soon. Uh, but, uh, one, one more question. We'll get you out of here. I've questioned a lot of people about this. Jason Barkley, like aforementioned, uh, uh, I'm trying to find a go-to restaurant in the Henderson, Kentucky, Evansville, Indiana area. Cause uh, I mean, I've been going down there for 30 years now and I've never yet found it's my fault. I mean, I haven't looked real hard, but I, I, I'm looking for a go-to place to eat after the races. That's not not a chain restaurant, but just a, a locally owned establishment that I can uh, I can call my own. You, you, can Can you recommend anything? I, I I can. I'll give you I'll give you two. I'll give oh. you one on both sides of the river. Um, All right. I, I'm I'm a Mr. B's fan. Uh, so Mr. B's got the pizza and wings. And it's a, it's a great little spot close to the track down by the Sugar Creek Inn. So if you're staying, if you're staying on that side, now there's some great little spots downtown. So I don't want to, uh, so downtown's great. Uh, but Mr. B's is a good little hangout, uh, to get you some wings and a cold beer and watch a ball game or watch the, watch the West Coast racing for the night. Um, and, and then there's Cork and Cleaver over on the Evansville side. It's open back up and it's a, it's a, it's a really good little spot. It's, it's kind of on the main drag. Uh, it's about, it's about 10 minutes from, from the track itself. Uh, but it's a, it's a really good little spot that's not yeah. a chain, uh, that, that's, that's over there. So that, that'd be my two recommendations. I, I, you know, fortunate I'm, I'm getting to stay over there. You know, I generally go down on Thursday nights or Friday mornings and, uh, and stay through the weekend. And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a really good little area. It's a welcoming area and people are friendly and, um, you know, I've, I've and through my previous work had been a lot in Henderson and uh, I'd done politics before I got into racing. So I worked on a couple of state Senate campaigns down there and got to know some of the folks in Henderson uh, through that, through that venue. Uh, but it's a, it's a really cool area. The people are, the people are really, are really good down there. I've heard of Cork and Cleaver. We were going to go, I think one year and uh, I had a bad day at the track. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I nixed that plan immediately. So, all right, well, I, uh, I think uh, Ellis Park's in good hands. I'm, I'm very happy how this conversation has gone. I, I, like we said before, I love Ellis Park and dearly. It, it means a lot to me. Uh, my family wants won a few races down there and it's always fun to, to go down there and, and, and stay a couple weekends out of the year. Uh, I'd, I'd go every day if, uh, if I live closer, but it's, it's too far for me to drive every day. But, uh, Vince well, when Gabbard, come, when, when you come down this week, when you come down this weekend, if you need anything, you just, you holler at me and we'll get you set up. I need I need one of two things. I'll either need some winners or some money. <laughs> Give them everything else, right, Vince? You can hook them up with the other stuff. Maybe right, I, 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 can I don't take care. I can take care of the rest. You, I don't. You're on. You're on your own for those two. I don't <laughs> care about anything else. I just want to win. And I think I'll come down too. Yeah, you come on down. So, but uh, Vince Gabbert, we're we're very pleased that you joined us, and and good luck going forward with the meet, and and hopefully you'll be a mainstay down there in Henderson. Soon. Uh, I, I hope so. I look forward to it. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Vince. Right. We really, really enjoyed it. Okay. That was Vince Gabbert. He's the interim director of racing at Ellis park. It was a great interview. Uh, let's, let's move on to our second guest right now. And, uh, she's no stranger to our podcast. In fact, uh, many of you, uh, will, will, will know her very soon as she's the, uh, the trainer of uh, one of the, uh, one of the top two year old Colts, 
uh, on the East Coast, and that uh, is Damon's Mound. That's, I'm speaking of no, none other than Michelle Lovell. Alan, why don't you uh, do the do the uh, the do the honors of uh, presenting our next guest? Well, guys, uh, you know we thought we'd shake things up a bit uh, tonight and bring on a true rock star for a chat. Now, in fairness, Paul McCartney, Bruno Mars, uh, Axl Rose, Beyonce—they all expressed interest. But in the end, we wanted a really, a really big name. So we brought back our kick-ass friend and the trainer of two-year-old talk of the town, Damon's Mound. You know who it is. It's Michelle Lovell. Michelle, what's up, Queen? Oh, not much. Thanks, guys, for having me on again. Well, you know, right now, I mean, who would you, who else would you have? You've got the hottest two-year-old <laughs> in the country right now. Just about, I guess, yeah. pretty close. Yeah, one just of one of them for sure. Yeah, no, he's a lot of he's a lot of fun. He brings a lot of excitement to our days. So, um, yeah, he's he's fun to look forward to. So, if you want to get an idea of folks of the continental appeal of this podcast, Michelle is calling in all the way from New Kent, Virginia, <laughs> near Richmond, home of Colonial Downs. Uh, how are they treating you out there in that other Commonwealth, Michelle? Oh, they, they treat us all really well. I, I enjoy, uh, our race meet here. Um, they run a good show, great track to, you know, train at and run at. And, um, they couldn't be nicer. They really try to accommodate all the horsemen. So yeah, we love it here. Jill Byrne does an awesome job. Allison, she's uh, our racing secretary. She does a great job trying to get more dirt races for our dirt horses and stuff. So, um, and our turf course is amazing. Uh, we worked uh, just might and change the control this morning on it, and I got to be out there on Elwood, my pony horse, and uh, it's amazing. What a great turf course! So we hope that um, you know Churchill gets their their turf course is the same the same uh, grass, I guess, um, and I hope it gets you know matured like this one here. I mean, it's this one's been you know had many years in the making, so. When Churchill's grass grows in and roots like this one does, we'll we'll have an amazing turf course there too. That is good to hear. I was going to ask you about that turf course. What do you think of the condition of that? I don't get to watch a lot of Colonial. I would like to, but I was just wondering. You know, I was curious what you thought of the actual turf course there. You know, it's uh, being on it. Honestly, it's uh, it's really firm. It's good, but it's got a you know a couple inches of growth, and it's like a spongy, firm turf course. So it, it's uh, you can't hardly ever see divots um, coming up ever. Um, so it's it's been. Uh, I, I talked to their their track man here, Harrison, and we were discussing how they put like two more inches of um, soil on top of it for this turf to grow through. And he showed me pictures when he does get a divot, he'll take a the, take pictures of the roots and the, and and pull one up. And the roots are like six inches into the ground now. So it just takes a long time for it to root like that and grow, you know, grow, grow such a good, strong, firm turf course. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's very green. Um, and there's, there's, it doesn't have any holes. It doesn't have any really paths on it where you can see where they've used it up. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's great. Well, they have two turf courses to use as well, but shoot, we had only two dirt races today. So they use it a lot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. He does an awesome job here, uh, maintaining it and, um, on the off season and, and then, you know, running on it 
you know, I think they're going to try to add more dates and, and time too, but I think that, that it'll hold up for it. You know, uh, we, as we mentioned, you're in Virginia and I don't know if you know this or not about me, but uh, I used to work at UPS way back in the day and outside of Northern Virginia, I know the zip code, even after 25, 30 years, every zip code in Virginia, you want to test me real quick? That's where amazing. Are you at right, where are you at right now? I, I'm in Charles City. You can't guess this one. Two three zero three zero. Is that correct? Yes. That's Is awesome. It? You, yes, you're really you're unbelievable. Yeah, well, that that's that, that gets you nothing. I mean, how many zip codes? How I, I many just, zip codes are there in Virginia that you? Uh, I mean, that's you just pulled that out of your hat. That's crazy. Any what yeah. New Kent is? I believe New Kent is two three one two four. If I'm not mistaken, I mean maybe I Jason so. or Jessica yeah. Paquette or somebody can tell me if I'm right or not. But yeah, I I did a lot of stuff a long time ago, but you never forget that stuff. So it's so really you, you so you lived in Virginia. I did not. I actually have family. My wife has family in Virginia in the Shenandoah, Shenandoah Valley. Uh, but no, I just oh. uh, well, I just got stuck in a lot of Virginia work at UPS way way back in the day, like 25 years ago, and. And you still remember that number? I can't even remember anybody's phone number. (laughs) Well, I can't do that anymore. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's enough. I know. We're so so dependent on our our telephones just uh, pushing buttons now. I I don't remember anybody's number. It's pitiful. I'll recognize them. That's terrible. (laughs) Okay, let's start beating around the bush here. We got something to talk about, right? Uh, Okay. We're going to go all Rick James. We're going to talk about this super freak in your barn, okay? Yeah, I like that. I'm going to start calling him Rick, Rick James. Rick James, that's good. Uh, Damon's <laughs> Mound. How's he acclimating himself he's, as Colonial? He's awesome. Uh, he, you know, all our horses love it here. There's no doubt about it. It's, a, it's just a really good um, place for them to relax, train, um, you know, eat a lot of grass. And, um yeah, so I, I think that horse would like it anywhere. He really loves his job. He's a he's a really neat horse. Tell the folks where you're planning on uh, running this uh, monster next. This monster, he's we our plan is to run him in the Saratoga Special on August 13th. Um, so that's really exciting. I get to go this time. I've I've run three horses in races in New York, um, and we've ran. We've and on all stakes, change of control. She's won two. I wasn't at either one of them. <laughs> and then uh, a filly I had back in 2017, I think it was the year, uh, ran third. False. She ran third in a stake. And uh, I was there, thank goodness. So this time I'm going to go to Saratoga. I'm really excited about it. And, um, you know, we're going to go up there and do our best. I, I think he's going to, you know, he should run really well. So, I mean, what's the plan? Are you and uh, you and your BFF Mary Jo going to road trip it like Thelma and Louise up there? <laughs> yeah. or are you gonna, yes, you gonna we actually fly? are. Are you really? Are you uh-uh. really? Oh, no, that's... we are not flying. No. Um, so, so Mary Jo, obviously, she's my BFF, and then her boyfriend Jerry, he's going to stay back. He's like, yeah. I said, Mary Jo, you go go with me because, like, I don't. I'm a, I'm a homebody anyway, so. Um, you know, it'd be fun to have a friend that, you know, I can, we can go sightsee or whatever. Otherwise mm-hmm. I'll just stay in my room and, or at the barn and, um, you know, see races and stuff. But so yeah, we're, we're going to drive because the flights are, um, and you can, they cancel all the time. I, if I miss my race, I, yes. I would, I would cry. I would actually cry, <laughs> but, um, no, we're going to, 
<laughs> we're going to drive and we're just going to make a road trip. Uh, and uh, we'll be there a few days. I'll, I'll take them to the track and to the school in the paddock and stuff and let them see the sights for a couple of days and then um, saddle him up and see what he's got. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a, bit, of a, that's a bit of a long drive. So is there any specific podcast you think you might listen to on the way up there? Oh, yeah, we'll listen to this one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> on loop. On loop. I, I don't like listening to myself talk, but um, you're got, you guys are so much fun to talk to. It's, it's OK. Well, that's cool. You know, we get a lot. And we've told you this before. We get a lot of uh, compliments on your voice. You've got you've got the radio voice. You know that, right? <laughs> and I can't sing. So, you know, no, I my my my. Uh, yeah, I can't sing. Um so I'm glad I don't sound too bad. I, I don't like my voice when I listen to myself, but I'm glad you guys do. <laughs> yeah, well, we hear it a lot. And for those who may not yeah. know about Damon's Mound, I'm sure a lot of people by now know but about Damon's Mound's debut. But I know you were personally excited before the race. I know that the word was out on the horse, right? I know you were high on mm-hmm. it. And even though you expected a big effort, I know even you, you don't win a lot of first time out, but even then – for the horse to win in the way he did, that 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 had to be just draw dopping because he broke he broke a little bit slow, and he just cruised yeah. up just cruised up on his own, and just just took over mm-hmm. at will without trying, and he gall he galloped down the stretch by twelve lengths, and if they'd won another furlong, he'd have won by twenty. I mean, I know you were high, you <laughs> told me you were high on the horse, you told other people you were high on the horse, the word was out, but did you expect that? I mean, no, <laughs> I expected him. I, ex- I, you know, we really felt like we were leading up a, a horse that could win a main special race at Churchill. You know, um, I wasn't sure that I could get him ready for that race, but he come along so well. And uh, the only thing he was lacking was just getting away from that gate really quick. Once he got out of it, he was good. And so instead of just practicing that over and over again, I just thought, you know what, it's time for him to get a race. And um, so he broke a step slow, but he just got right on his feet. And and, uh, Gabriel did an excellent job uh, by just sitting on him and letting him pull himself into the race. He never squeezed on him at all. He just kept him together. And then, you know, I thought Gabe did a, you know, he'd been on him many times in the mornings. He helped me get him. Gabe broke because he was a little bit, um, you know, a little bit slow coming away. Um, Was great in the gates, but just, didn't get away, you know, running. And so Gabe knew him really well, but I thought he did an excellent job. And, um, shoot. Yeah. He just ranged up on him and I was just like, Oh wow, look at this horse go. And, uh, I thought he would win, but I didn't know he would just keep drawing away. And even on the gallop out, he just kept pulling away. So it was, it was pretty amazing to, to witness. Um, yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. You know, there's a there's always the cynics with, with and horse players always the cynics. So they're always going to come up with the some way to knock a horse, right? And you're you know they're going mm-hmm. to come up with the, with the old cliche of who did he beat? Well, I'm going to tell you who he beat. Uh, Ken McPeak had two horses this race. Now, granted, Ken McPeak doesn't try to win first time out, but neither do you, right? Often, so right. Ken yeah. McPeak had a horse in that race. One ran ninth by 22 lengths, came back and destroyed a really good field at, Key, at, at Ellis. Destroyed him. He had another horse in that race that ran six by like 12 lengths and beat another really good uh, field on the turf at Ellis. So, I mean, it wasn't chopped liver he beat that day. Uh, No. Yeah. That's exciting. I mean, it's always good. Yeah, it's a good, it's always good to see 
courses that you beat come back and win and you know that really helps you but i mean well he this this horse i mean we know he's really good um and but it is nice to see other horses come back and and win well you know so i don't know um i'm just glad he's still in my barn (laughs) of course yes you know yeah to the the mr and mrs love uh cliff and michelle love they are super they've been really excited um we talk almost daily either by text or or phone call and um you know i send them plenty of videos and pictures because they are in texas they they live in houston texas so you know i want them to feel like they've never seen them in person and they're so excited it's it's so it's so exciting for them and they've been so kind um you know how they picked me it's it's a uh, i'm blessed <laughs> i'm so happy and um you know they they could have sold him and they decided to keep him and campaign him which is super exciting um so yeah i can i can't thank them enough and i just you know i hope this horse does so well for them cuz they deserve it they've been in the business quite a long time um and this is you know more than likely their best horse they've ever had so it's going to be fun for them too you know uh well on behalf of the loves and stuff we're excited for them we're excited for you and i'm glad they i'm glad that you still have the horse obviously i mean i know it's with the nature of the beast these days and stuff that could that could change uh initially but it sounds like these folks are behind you and could not be happier for them or you so uh, before we yeah, fa- go you. on too much about Damon's Mountain, where I do, I'll let CC go on a little bit, and then we'll come back to me. Well, yeah, <laughs> I just want to talk about this race, Saratoga Special. It, this race uh, is over 100 years old. It was first run in 1901. Wow. So what does that make? This is like the 121st running. Listen to the uh, horses that have won this race over the past whatever 100 You know, here's Regret, won it in 1914, Kentucky Derby winning Philly. Wow. Morvich, uh, I saw World Away on here. World Away won it in 1940 as a two year old, of course. Native dancer in the Arctic. Wow. Uh, just going through. Great names. Stop stop Yeah, great names. Yeah. Swale won it in 83. Chiefs Crown in 84. Gulch in 86. Summer Squall, Preakness winner, won in 89. Favorite trick was Horse of the Year, won it in 1997. Jill Burns Horse. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Union Rags, a Belmont winner, won it in 2011. Exaggerator, Preakness winner, won it in 2015. Jackie's Warrior won it two years ago. And listen to these trainers that have won the race. This is awesome. Woody Stevens, Roger Lauren, Laz Barrera, Leroy Jolly, Woody Stevens. Again, Woody Stevens won it a bunch. Mac Miller. Yeah. D. Wayne Lucas. All world class. Of course, Steve asked me, he's one of three. Has a female ever won it? Has a female. Well, regret. Uh, no, I'm in a trainer. Oh, a female trainer? Uh, let's see. Hmm. A That's dollar. a long list to look at. <clears throat> we'll get yeah. back to you on that, but I don't know. Lynn, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah let's Rice. do it this year. Oh, yeah, Linda <laughs> oh, Rice. Did. Did. Linda Rice won That's it okay, in the City Zip. I, I remember that now. <laughs> you, so. you don't mind being oh, a second yeah. one. Good horse. Yeah, so yeah. it is a storied no. history. Gosh, I would love to see you add your name to that list. That would be awesome. But, I know. Uh, Me too. <laughs> so, what, are you? Uh, I'm being nosy. Uh, are you staying at a hotel, <laughs> or how long are you going to stay at Saratoga? 
Um, we've been four nights. So you can't go live it up a little bit, experience the nightlife. See, I'm I'm not a live it up person, like to go out and stuff. But of course, my BFF, she, you know, she'll drag me out. We'll obviously go out to eat and and see some things. I'm sure. Um, but after we uh, run, we're gonna be leaving the next day to get back here because I've got to get. Some other horses ready for their stake races. We got Just Might going to run in the Chesapeake on the 16th at Colonial, and I'm going to take last um, year. Didn't he win that yeah, last year? He did, and he did. And then Change of Control, she's getting ready for a race at uh, Saratoga on the 20th. So, oh um, wow, Jesus, you had one hell of a it's week. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Sure so you'll, you'll ship the horse in three or he's, four days prior gonna, to the race. Yeah, the plan is to leave like on the ninth, get there the morning of the tenth, and then uh he'll walk and he'll jog on the eleventh and twelfth and and run on the thirteenth. So is that's that, that's the plan. Is that normal? Is that or or do some trainers ship in on top of the race or is it is is it better to, to get there a few they days? They do it early? all different ways. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, like change of control, she shipped on she shipped in a few days in front of races and and walked into a race. I didn't even have to train her because she's just that good. She's so classy. And, um, you know, this horse being a young horse, he's, he does need to see some, he needs to see his surroundings and stuff. So we'll take him out. I'm, I'm going to take my, my pony horse and, and, um, you know, go with him. Uh, and we'll just do some jogging and check out the paddock. We'll paddock school in the races and stuff like that just to get him used to, you know, so much stuff going on. Although Churchill, we were there for quite a while, and there was a lot of stuff going on there, and he was perfect. Um, he's just a, a real uh, gentleman uh, horse to be so young in a, in a colt, you know. So, But, yeah, people do it all different ways. I mean, some people ship in, you know, weeks out, you know, just to be there. Saratoga, it's a really neat place. But, you know, we've, we've got other horses to train and stuff, and, and I think, you know, three days, four days in front of his race is perfect for him. You pack your own straw. You ship that up there, and your hay and all that, or, or is it we, is that no big deal? We to, take everything that yeah, we'll take everything that we need. Um, usually, when we ship in, they they'll you know if you're shipping in for a stake, they usually accommodate your bedding, you know. Um, but whatever we don't have, we we'll get there. We've got good stuff there, I'm sure. Like uh, it, uh, Aiden O'Brien, those from the Coolmore people, they'll they'll bring their own water in, right? They'll they'll bring in like loads and loads of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I've I've heard that. I mean, um, yeah. I don't think we'll bring our water in. I think that'll be fine. That's so kind of excessive. He's not a water right? snob. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a. I'm a water snob. I mean, I got a Berkey filter, and I only drink bottled water. I don't like tap water, but so far he's done okay. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, Alan, take it over. Well, you know, uh, for full disclosure, for those you may, people not realize, Michelle not only trains Just Might and Change of Control and, and Damon's Mound, but she trains not one but two two-year-olds in the syndicate that we're part of for Brilliant Racing with uh, Joe Christofek and company. Uh, don't let one – they are unraced. One's name is Don't Let Go. One's name is Remastered. And I know Michelle's had – uh, don't let go for a little little time now. And any of the brilliant folks that are listening, you want to maybe give them a heads up on what you think of a uh, young don't let go. Young don't let go. He's a pretty cool horse. I I really really love him. 
he is, um, they did a really great job breaking him wherever he came from. I know he went through a sale and usually sale babies are, you know, uh, they're pretty jacked up in their brains cause they've been taught to go, go, go. And, uh, you know, all out. And, um, but this horse is, you know, been, he was just broke very well. Um, and he settled right into training like a racehorse and, and not being nervous from, you know, being in a sale. So, uh, because when I first got him, it, I did get, get him straight from the sale. And the plan was make sure he was okay mentally and physically to go on, or we would give him some time off, even if it's a couple of weeks to let him down. Cause you, you know, we've done that many times in the past, but, um, he's really neat. He's a, a maturing horse. He's grown a bunch already. He's a, going to be a pretty, I think he's going to grow into a pretty good size horse too. Um, He's a very athletic size right now, but, uh, and he's doing everything well. He's, he's, uh, he's progressing in his breezes really well. Um, and he's just going to be a, a nice two turn horse. And I'm, I'm really excited about watching him develop and remastered. I don't have him yet. I can't wait. I think I'm going to get him when we get back to Churchill. So that's a lot to look forward to. Of course, there's a lot to look forward to yeah. coming up. And, uh, it's nice to have the young ones. The young ones. I mean, I've got my two oldies, oldies, my oldies, but goodies, uh, my six-year-olds, steak horses, and then, you know, the these young these young ones are, you know, what everybody looks forward to. So, you know, one yeah, of the things I think exciting. people admire about you, Michelle, and and, and you know, taking our bias out of there of the equation for a moment, is horses like Just Might Change and Control. I'm glad you bring them up. I would have brought them up anyway. You know how I feel about them, how CC feels about them. Uh, you run them a lot. I mean, and they stay sound and they just, mm-hmm. and they keep firing each time. They're each going to, they both are going to hit the million dollar mark and they're going to do it the hard way, right? By running like, yeah. as they should, as they should. Uh, and you know, the, the races that they run in, they're not the big lucrative, right? Cause they're turf, turf sprinters. So you don't have the big lucrative purses right. and stuff. So, I mean, how do you keep these horses so sound? running so frequently and stuff and i mean what's what's the secret what what can other trainers learn from you how how do you do it well i don't know if anybody wants to learn anything from me but (laughs) i i do you know i don't know um the secret behind these two horses is they're really sound um they're very sound individuals and they stayed that way i mean we've had minor issues i had more issues with just my from a young horse and he was this big massive two-year-old that I thought I'd get to the races early and he just he wasn't ready and you know his stifles would bother him and we have to lay you know stop on him one time I came in and he was uh he was laying behind and he um pulled a groin probably playing in a stall and slipped and pulled a groin so it took a little yeah (laughs) I know it's not good um and, you know, so little things like that, but no, you know, joint issues, no problems like that. And, and he's, you know, he's kind of a strong minded. Um, oh, he's he's cleared the paddock at Churchill before double barrel firing everybody out of excitement <laughs> and want to. But the one good thing about him is he really does love his job and he's really a sound minded horse, too. Um, but he's a he's a sprinter and a big muscle head you know so um so i do a lot of jogging with him uh because he trains like a sprinter he's not a he's not a he's a sound mover but he's not a 
a real beautiful mover. So we do lots and lots of jogging and some gallops and, and breezes. And I think just not pounding around the racetrack every single day, you know, mile and a half gallops or whatever, um, keeps him sound and keeps the want uh, and willingness to, to race, um, you know, keeps that, you know, better for my horses. And same with change of control. And like, she's a classy, classy mare. And, uh, she, she, I, I've sent her on her way to Woodbine, long trips, and uh, and she gets off the van ready to ro- ro- roll. She and she's just really classy, handles herself with a lot of class, and really smart filly. And she doesn't like to overtrain. So I think basically with these two horses, they're just they're sprinters, and um, they don't get tons and tons of gallops. We do lots of jogging, you know, lots of just long walks and trail rides, especially here. And then nice breezes and not over the top breezes either. Every once in a while, I'll put them together. They breeze together today, um, on the turf because if I breeze either one of them by themselves, they're very lazy and they're uninterested. They just don't care about it. But if I put them together, she always stalks them and uh, two or three links behind them every single time. And he sets the pace and then she gets them and then they just heads up, um, all the way down the lane. And, uh, it's perfect. They, they're, they've been workmates for a really long time. Yeah. So, um, you know, knock on wood, you know, uh, they stay sound. Um, you know, she's going to run through this year and then she's going to retire. Be a um, mama. Sound as, as a mama. Yeah. And her owner, um, Perry Harrison, he is, uh, going to keep her and breed her and either campaign her babies or, or sell them. And then, uh, you know, just might. He's mine. I always think about making him a pony horse one day when Elwood is ready to retire. He's 16 right now, but I don't know if I <laughs> just might. He might be a really good outriding horse because he's fast. He could pick up yeah. a horse, but um, yeah, he can run until he can't run. You know, I'll just uh, when it's time to retire him, we will. But he's those those sprinters like that. Um, as long you know, once they get past five years old, it always seems like if they've always been pretty sound. They just stay that way and can run for, you know, and they're seven-year-old, eight-year-old. I mean, I think, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Um, Brendan Walsh's uh, good sprinter that we used to run with. And he went over $1 million. Extravagant kid. I think he was nine when he won his million-dollar race over there. Yeah. Yeah, eight or nine. I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's you know, my, my, my secret with those guys is that they, they, they've taught me a lot. You know, there's a, I got just a couple more uh, for you and we'll let you go and stuff. But, you know, we had Jack Gillian on a few weeks ago and there's another oh, yeah. nice one in the barn that people don't talk about enough. And I know the horse has a lot of talent and showing it, showing it colonials, Margie's kitten, Margie's kitchen. Yeah. Margie's kitchen. Yeah. Margie's kitchen. I always think it's a Philly, but it's a, it's a cult, right? Or is it, which one is no, it? No, it's a, it's a Philly. It's a Philly. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah, she's a she's, daredevil filly. She's a she's a neat horse too. Yeah. Gonna keep her on turf. She can do both. She can do both. I think she can do both. I mean, we ran on the dirt at Keeneland. It was just too far. There was no speed for her to track. She just inherited the lead on a. Yeah, I remember that. On an outside biased uh, come from behind track that day, that week. I think that whole week was like that. And, um, you know, she, she hung in there, but got tired. It was, you know, a stretch out was hard on her, but yeah, she came back and, um, she ran a really nice race here at Colonial. Uh, 
she's she's okay. She's a nice filly. I think she can do dirt or turf. Probably going to keep her on the turf for now. It's kinder. And, um, yeah, her people, they're, they're good people, too, her owners. Uh, um, Todd Moore owns her, and... Um, and his family, they came to the, for the races and they're lovely humans. They're, they're great people and, and, uh, fun to, fun to have around. They, they came in, they stayed for a bit, took their wind picture and said, okay, we're going on vacation. See you later. <laughs> and, and they, and they flew out and, and, uh, I think they went to Florida. They, they had that vacation planned and they just, they, they took a day of it and came here to watch her run and they got, um, gifted a nice win and wind picture and, Got to go enjoy their vacation. So yeah, Jack fits her really well. He loves her. He did a lot of work with that silly too. So she's she's a lot of fun to have in the barn. And she's just a three year old too, so she can still, you know, keep developing and that's that's what we want to do. You know, now it's 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 a long, long way away. And we don't want it, any jinx and look we gotta get through this Saratoga special thing first. We know Gulfport's gonna be there too, so it's gonna be a hell of a race. So I don't want we it's don't want to jinx again. Yeah, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but let's just Dream the dream, and let's just say <laughs> that you win the Kentucky Derby next May with Damon's Man. Let's just say it. Can we get you? Oh, you, you want to be in the win picture? Well, that's that, <laughs> there's that. There's one. The other thing is, can we get you to plug the Auxiliary Gate podcast from the Winter Circle when they interview you? Can we get you? I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but if you could pull that uh, off, <laughs> yeah, there's a $20 bill uh, with your name on it. Huh? Okay, twenty dollars. You bet. I'll do anything for twenty. No, not anything. <laughs> Almost yeah. anything. Huh? Yeah. No. Sure. Yeah, no, that's you just have to remind me because you know what? If I were the if I were to win the Kentucky Derby, I'm, I'm I'll forget my own name. So I know, yeah, no, I, I I completely understand <laughs> it. If you got there and didn't pass out, that would be enough for us right there. But uh, <laughs> I, know, I know, yeah, that's that 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 would be a dream. Yeah, that's yeah, the last a, thing we want to do is a long jump ways the gun. away, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a long ways away. But yeah, he's very talented, so he is. Um, you know, it's nice to, to have a dream, and, and uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I don't feel like it's a jinx. I mean, horses take you, to, you know, they've taken me a lot of places, so I'm proud to be the trainer of him, and uh, and we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll do race by race, but you never know where he where he can go, so we're not going to limit it by not believe it, believing in it, you know. It's like, you know, so. like when you buy a lottery ticket for $2 or something, whatever. If nothing, you know, it's, 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 it's a shot set that you're going to win the thing, but you've got license to dream, if nothing else at that point, yeah. right? So now right now there's a license to dream, and there's nothing wrong with that. And one thing I, I think there's we talked about. wrong with it. Yeah, we talked about briefly on air. It's like you have a lot of people rooting for you. It's not just guys like me and CC and Brandon and so on and so forth and your friends. you got a lot of people. I don't know if you realize how many people nationwide or just that we see that we 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 kind of get to feel they're pulling for you in, in this era of That's horse awesome. racing. So uh, you've got the community. Well, it'd, be a, it'd be a good story. Yeah, <laughs> it's I think a good it'd be a great story, story, right? Yeah, but I again, CC and I are biased, right? But uh, it'd be a great story. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Well, I hope I'm part of it. Yeah, that would it would be neat. I mean, it's I I'm a I'm an underdog. I pull for all underdogs um, because I if it weren't for underdogs winning sometimes um why would they do it why would they keep supporting a, any whatever you're doing you know why would you keep trying if you if, if no underdog ever won and um you know it's hard in this business because you know the people with the most money usually have the best horses and um they can buy them uh and and they can breed them you know to the the the, the best stallions and mares 
um, or they can buy them once they've proven they can run because they have the money to do it. And so it's, it's nice that, um, you know, when you see people that aren't going out and spending millions of dollars on horses, they're just doing their thing. I mean, this is a homebred. The, the loves, um, campaign the mare, um, as a racehorse and, and they kept her for a broodmare and, and you know they've they've got a lovely uh, two year old and they've got a yearling and a weanling and a and a baby in the oven all by Gervin, which is a a pretty hot stallion. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm rooting for the I'm rooting for the loves to to this not be just the only one that you know the other ones behind him hopefully are going to be and and they are really nice already. I mean the the weanling and the yearling they're 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 spoken well about already uh, even before this horse won his race. So. It's it's nice. I, I like seeing people that um, are in the headlines all the time uh, get there sometimes. So, yeah. It seems like a good idea to leave you with this then. It's like if Eric Reed can do it this year, why can't he show what we'll do it <laughs> yeah. next year, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I was rooting for them. I mean, I honestly, you know, when they drew in, I was like, wow, they drew in. So, you know, big long shot and Sonny Leon, I – I've ridden him at Belterra a few times that I've um, shipped over a few years ago. He rode a few for me, and he's won for me. And um, but there's it's, he's you know riding at Belterra Park in in uh, Ohio, so you don't expect him to be on the best horse in the Derby because they always go for the money riders or what have you. And it was really cool to see uh, Eric stick with his rider, and that guy <laughs> rode an excellent race. I watched it over and over and over again. I mean. You know, the race kind of fell apart in, into his lap, but it didn't mean he didn't make, you know, he could have made all kinds of mistakes and got himself in a jam and not got up. But he rode a spectacular race. That horse ro- ran a spectacular race. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what make, that's what dreams are made of, is uh, the unexpected happening, you know, for good people. So Yeah, and you're another one of them. And, uh we're pull, you know we're pulling for you, and I know a lot of other people are pulling for you. So hopefully the next time we speak, it'll be as a Saratoga Special Champion. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome, yeah. I, I really appreciate y'all's um, support. I mean, it's – well, I like you in person anyway when you guys come out and visit the barn. So that's awesome. But thanks for always um, having me on and listening to me um, – chat about my horses i love them so much so i can go on and on so i appreciate y'all listening anytime michelle anytime best of luck to you next week tall order but this horse is up to it so we're pulling for you i appreciate it thanks guys y'all have a great night thanks michelle all right that was our friend michelle lovell uh alan uh, always uh always a pleasure to have you know, we michelle join us we haven't had her on recently that's that's on us that's on us she's a busy woman who uh, is charming her way to lots of victories in the winter circle and stuff. But uh, she knows she's got open invite anytime she wants to come on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we've had a long show, so we might as well wind this one down. This one's uh, this one's going to be a long one, but it, it was fun. We enjoyed uh, enjoyed both our guests. Uh, uh, Alan, you got anything else you want to add? Yeah, no, you know, it was a long one, but at the same time, the, the benefit of it is you didn't get to hear, they didn't get to hear you and I talk very much, right? The less that we talk and our guests talk, it's the better for everybody. I think most people would agree with that, right? Yeah, and and Brandon wasn't here either. That that's yeah, that's true. That's true. Sorry, next maybe next week we'll ne- we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
All right, so uh, we'll uh, wrap it up here. Thanks to our guests, Vince Gabbert and Michelle Lovell. I'm CC Broadus, alongside Alan Schneider. And we're reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home. Go Damon.